If anyone wishes to become a member of Word of Life Chapel, please see Pastor Bob as uh, there is some interest in doing that. So he is looking at putting together a group uh, to go through membership. Uh, let's open our service with a word of prayer this morning. Gracious God, we are so thankful for who you are, for your love for us. We're so thankful for you sending your son, Jesus, to die for us. To be our savior, even though we all know that we don't deserve it. Lord, we're here this morning for you and for you alone, and we ask that you would speak to the deepest parts of our souls today. Father, use this service to speak truth into our hearts and to our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us as we sing together?
someday I'll fly away on your amazing grace. Your love is my jailbreak. I'm going free. I'm going free.
afraid, for I have transformed you. I have called you my name, and you are mine. When I go through deep waters, I will be with you. And when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned, and the flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior.
this service this morning. May it glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you take a moment to turn around and greet those around you in Jesus' name this morning.
Thank you, Caleb, and we'll introduce him in a little, in a little while. Uh, this is a time of prayer, and so uh, I'm going to read a card from uh, Ivan. Ivan, of course, had some surgery recently. Dear Chapel family, thank you uh, for the cards, the phone calls, and prayers on my behalf during my surgery and recovery, and now during my therapy. Uh, so continue to pray for Ivan. Continue to pray for those on our list uh, that so desperately need our intercessory prayers. Father, as we come before your throne, we are a thankful people. We are grateful, Lord, that you are a great and mighty God. And Father, you have promised us that you would be there for us at every moment, at every turn of events. You're a great God. And Father, as we come before you, we especially thank you that you have provided a way of salvation, a way in which our sins might be forgiven, a way in which, Lord, we might come into an eternal relationship with you, and it's only through your Son. We do thank you, Father, for the great love that you've shown us in sending your one and only begotten Son so that we who believe might be given eternal life and never, never perish. We thank you this morning for that hope that is ours, the hope that you have instilled within us the assurance that is ours. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And so, Father, we thank you, and we are grateful this morning that you have given that to us. We thank you, Father, for lifting up those like Ivan, Lord, who we've been praying for. We continue to pray for their recovery. Father, we think of the Fox family this morning as we're reminded this morning of the flowers before us of the funeral that took place yesterday and the home going of, of Sue. Father, we pray for your comfort and your grace to rest upon them. Uh, Father, we know the difficulty of losing a loved one. And so we pray for Lance and family members that, Father, you might be there for them uh, during this very, very difficult time. But once again, Father, we thank you for the hope that is ours. We thank you, Father, that though we grieve just like every other man. Father, it's not as those who have no hope, but Father, through Jesus, we, you have given us that hope. You have given us that assurance that to be absent from this body is to be in your very presence. Father, I pray that you would use this time this morning to help us to recognize and make you uh, number one. Uh, Father, we've sung about that. That worship can become a lot of different things, but Father, it's about your Son. It's about seeing Him and all of His glory and beauty. And so, Father, as we pause for this short period of time through the course of our week uh, to come before you, Father, may we worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we are thankful that uh, you have raised up and called Caleb uh, to go to another part of the world. Father, we thank you for the gifts and the talents that you've given to this young man and for his interest in being a part of your work. We thank you, Lord, that you have called him with AIM, you've called him to Africa, and therefore, Lord, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that, uh, Lord, as he makes plans to leave, uh, I pray that the finances and the prayer support and all of these things would be in place. And again, we thank you for men like him who are willing to do whatever you ask them to do. 
So bless him richly. I pray that there would be no glitches, that you would get him back there in that location. Father, that you would use him in a mighty, mighty way, above and beyond what what we could imagine or even think at, at this very moment. God, you are a God who does big things, and you do it through little people. Father, we're all just spots on this earth, just specks. But here we are, uh, impure vessels. And yet, Lord, you take us, you take us as, as just small people in this world, and you do great and mighty things. So take Caleb Federhoff and do great things, Father, through him. Again, we thank you uh, that you have entrusted us with the gospel. That, Father, you have made us ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We represent, we are the salt of the world. And so, Lord, as we go into the world, I pray that you would help us to share the gospel with every creature. So use our time this morning. Father, may the distractions of the world be left outside for these brief moments. And may we focus on the things that are before us. And again, we thank you. We thank you for the great and mighty salvation which you've given to us. And Father, help us to give it away to others as we have been called to do. So bless our time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now take your hymn books and would you turn with me to hymn number 483. Hymn number 483, we have a story that needs to be told to the nations. So would you stand with me please, let's stand together and uh, we'll sing this song before Caleb comes. to give to the nations. 
seated, and it is a great privilege and honor to be able to introduce to you Caleb Federhall. Uh, Caleb actually uh, grew up in this church. He and his family, Joe and Sharon, were his parents, are his parents, and um, it's just great to have him with us this morning. As I mentioned in my prayer, uh, he serves with AIM, Africa Inland Mission, and um, he's going to say, I'm sure, a whole lot more about those things. So Caleb, what an honor to have you here. Thank you so much. For joining us. God bless you. Thank you very much, Pastor. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's a privilege for me to be here with you again. Uh, as, as Pastor said, I did grow up in this church, and uh, one of my earliest memories was missionaries being sent from this church, and I was just thinking of this while I was sitting there. I don't remember their names. I don't know if any of you might remember, but a whole bunch of us from the church went to Harrisburg International Airport to send them off, and this was before the, all the security increase after the attacks on 9-11. So we were able to go up with the, this missionary family right up to the gates of the, of the plane, and I just remember a whole group of us from, from this church standing in a circle and praying with, with these missionaries and, uh, and, and singing, I think we sang some hymns, and then sent them off into the airplane. Does anyone remember which missionaries they were? Uh, I, well, you, it might be. You could say the name, and I probably wouldn't remember. But I, that's one of my earliest memories, and it was probably the first time that I was in an airport, was uh, with almost like a prayer meeting at the airport. Um, this church is uh, a blessing um, to me and also to many missionaries I know. Uh, it's a very missions-minded church, and uh, I'm impressed that you're setting aside a Sunday uh, to, to think about missions. And as I think about what the purpose of a missions Sunday would be, I can think of three purposes for a missions Sunday. Uh, one, I, I've been asked to come and give you an update on what the Lord has been doing through me and my teammates in, in Africa. So I'll be giving you an update. Uh, your, church, your church does support me, and many individuals in the church here support me, and I am so grateful for that financial support and that prayer support that um, many of you give here at Word of Life Chapel. Uh, another purpose uh, is to look into the Word of God and see something that the Word of God has to say about missions and why missions is important and what, what, we, what our responsibility is in, in the task of spreading the gospel. But uh, a third a, th a third thing that both of those first two purposes should serve is for you to think uh, personally and to listen for, for God's voice to see how you personally can be involved in missions. And we'll be talking about three different ways that, uh, that the body of Christ can be involved in the worldwide missions effort. But first, um, by way of a bit more of an introduction, um, I have some slides here. And... 
we'll see if this gets working here. Here we go. Yes, so as, uh, as Pastor said, I am with Africa Inland Mission, uh, AIM or AIM, and our purpose is to see Christ-centered peoples or Christ-centered churches among all African peoples. Um, the past two years, I was part of a training program within AIM called TIMO, that's Training in Ministry Outreach. And what that was, it involved reading books about missions, reading missionary biographies, uh, it involved writing essays about different topics, um, and reading books about different topics, such as spiritual warfare and prayer, about cross-cultural communication, uh, evangelism and discipleship, and all those sorts of things. And so we were reading those books, writing those essays, while at the same time we were on the field putting those things that we were learning into practice. So that was a two-year program. Uh, I was doing that with a team, and I'll show you my team here. Um, my team leader and his wife uh, are there, Sam and Leanna Williamson, and uh, they're from England, and their four children are there in the bottom right corner. Uh, then I'm there in the top left corner. That's my friend Spencer. He's from Iowa. He was on the team as well. Uh, that's Tobias. Tobias is from uh, Germany. Uh, this is Chris. Chris was holding the dog, so you can't really see his face. This was the best team photo we had, so I don't know what that says, but Chris was holding the dog. Uh, Chris is from England as well, and then Mark on the far right is from Montana. So that's my team. Uh, we were serving in the country of Lesotho, and oftentimes I say the name Lesotho, and no one has any idea where that is. Our vision was to see Christian shepherds of Lesotho in ongoing fellowship and evangelism. And by shepherds, I mean literal shepherds who take care of sheep. Sometimes I tell people I work with shepherds in Africa and they think, oh, you work with pastors. No, I work with literal shepherds who take care of sheep. Um, so um, there's a map of Africa. We're gonna zoom in to show you where Lesotho is. In Southern Africa, and Lesotho is that landlocked country completely surrounded by uh, so the country of South Africa, and Lesotho is that little yellow dot there um, that you can see. So Lesotho is a very mountainous country, mountains everywhere. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Anyone who's looking for uh, a vacation spot, you can come to Lesotho. It is a, one of the most gorgeous spots in the world. If you want to get away, you'll, you'd be away, and you would have, <laughs> you'd have plenty of time to, to think about whatever you needed to think about. So. Um, it is a beautiful place that God created, and uh, stunning views, stunning sunsets, um, just a, a wonderful place to be living in and working in. Okay, and as I said, we, I work with literal shepherds, so we're going to practice our shepherding skills, Every, all of us, we're all going to practice together. I have a video that's going to come up on the screen, and it's going to be of a, a shepherd counting his goats. It, it, the video is of goats, not sheep, sorry. So he's a goat herd. Um, so we're going to see who can, well, we're going to see if you can guess how many, well, you, you're not going to guess, you're going to count how many goats are on the screen. Now, I did show this to the Iwana group on a Wednesday night back in January, so I have trimmed the video down a bit, so it's not the same answer. If any of the kids or leaders remember the answer, it's a different answer now. <laughs> so here we go. Are you ready? Get ready to count the goats.
Okay. Now, when I did this with the Iwana group, I had everyone like call out, raise their hand and call out their answer. But that might get a little chaotic here. So I'm just going to tell you the answer and then see if anyone had the right answer. There were 61 goats in that clip. <laughs> did anyone have 61? Did anyone have 60? Okay, that's wonderful. That's great. We had a, I think I saw another hand out here as well. Someone else was 60. That's great. Uh, unfortunately, even if you counted 60 and you were supposed to have 61, you would then be spending a lot of energy going back out looking for that one lost goat. Uh, the, the story that Jesus told in the Bible is so true, even of these shepherds here in Africa. Uh, if just one animal is missing, I've seen them uh, expend a huge amount of energy just looking for one lost animal. So, um, yeah, so good job. 60 is excellent. Uh, there were 61 goats there. Um, did you notice how the shepherd was making little clicks and noises and whistles? Uh, he was calling the, sh the, the sheep, the goats. He was calling the goats. Uh, he was getting them to walk in front of him so that he could count them easier as they go by. And so that was what he was trying to instruct them to do. And uh, you could see that some were a little more obedient than others uh, in that clip. Um, but one thing we're going to talk about today uh, is the shepherd's call. And of course, you know that in the Bible, God and Jesus are often referred to as our shepherd uh, or as the shepherd of Israel. And there are many famous Bible passages that uh, talk about the, how, how God is our shepherd. And of course, probably the one that jumps to your mind right away is which one? Which Bible passage? Psalm 23. That's probably the most famous one. Another one is John chapter 10, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's another really famous one. And there's a bunch of others in the Old Testament. One that's frequently overlooked is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 25. And this is one of those passages where Jesus is presented as our shepherd. And that's what I want us to, to look into today. And I'm I'm looking at the clock now. I'm notorious for getting up to speak, for getting to look at the clock, and then I just talk and talk, and everyone's like, when are you going to stop? So let me calculate my time here. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so if you could all please turn in your Bibles, or if you have your Bible on your phone, to 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, and we'll read together verses 9 through 25. And... Uh, we're going to look in this passage at the calls that Jesus gives us as our shepherd. Um, you heard the shepherd in the, in the video giving calls, instructing his sheep using his whistle, his clicks, his voice. Um, Jesus in this passage as our shepherd is also going to be calling us. And you'll, you'll see uh, the places in, in this passage where he calls us as, as his sheep. So let's read together 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world 
to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves to the Lord for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So there in 1 Peter chapter 2, we, there are three different calls that Jesus as our shepherd gives us. And uh, many of you were probably reading and waiting for Jesus to come out as the shepherd. And there in the la very last verse, finally, God does refer to us as sheep and, uh, and to Jesus as our shepherd. And that, at least in the NIV version, which I'm reading from, it, it groups that whole paragraph under one heading. Uh, so... I want to look at the different calls that Jesus gives us as his sheep. And interspersed throughout, I'll also be showing photos from, from Lesotho and talking a bit about uh, what God has uh, been doing through us there in Lesotho. The first call is in verse 9. Did you see it there? Chapter 2, verse 9, it says, uh, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you, God called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So there's the first call that the shepherd gives us. He called us out of darkness into light. And this is talking about, I think, talking about two different things. Uh, two, it's the same call, but it has two different related things. One thing is our call to salvation. Um, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, as another passage talks about. And God called us. He reached out into our darkness and called us out of that darkness and presented himself to us so that we would be attracted to him into his light. And we received that call 
and we trust in Jesus as our Savior, and Jesus is the only one with the power to take us out of that kingdom of darkness and to transport us into the kingdom of light. And so that, I believe, is one aspect of the call that, uh, that Jesus gives us there. One of the best illustrations of this that I can think of is in your hymnal. Um, Charles Wesley wrote the hymn, And Can It Be? And the third, the fourth stanza of that um, is a beautiful depiction of how we were in our darkness and how Jesus called us out of that darkness into his light. So I'm going to read that for you here. Just stanza four, um, And Can It Be? Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. So we have the picture of a, a, a prisoner in a dark cell. Uh, it says, in, in sin and nature's night. Very, a dark picture. Thine eye, or God's eye, diffused a quickening ray, a ray of light. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. I think Charles Wesley had a beautiful picture of what Jesus had done for him. Charles Wesley at one time was bound in darkness, but Jesus called him out of that darkness into light, and Charles followed him. And of course, Charles Wesley wrote many of the hymns that we sing in our, in our hymnal, uh, and uh, he and his brother were missionaries. They came to America back before it was even a country, and so Charles Wesley definitely had that experience of being called out of darkness into light. Another thing, so I think it refers to our salvation, but an aspect of our salvation uh, that I think it also includes and that this passage definitely talks about is our sanctification. Salvation and sanctification are two sides of the same coin, aren't they? Salvation, when, when we trust in Jesus and he saves us, sanctification on the other side of that same coin is the working out of that salvation and, and what a life should look like when, it is, when we are believers. We should be doing the things that Peter says here uh, in the verses from 9, all, all the way from 9 to about 20. Peter is listing different ways that believers should act, different ways they should speak, different ways they should live in light of Jesus calling them out of darkness into light. Um, do you remember in 1 John, it, it talks about how God is light, and when we have fellowship with him, we walk in the light. And so Peter is describing this as well, what it looks like to walk in the light, and how, uh, how it says we should abstain from fleshly desires, it says we should live such good lives among the pagans, among the unsaved people around us, that they will be glorifying God, we should be declaring his praises, so all these different things that, that it should look like when we live in the light. Um, I want to talk about the shepherds. This is why our team went to Lesotho. The, there are people around the world who don't know about this call that the shepherd is giving them. How are they going to hear the call of the shepherd unless someone goes and repeats that call to them? And so the shepherds in Lesotho, this is, this is my friend Mosisidi, and uh, he's there in uh, one of the cattle post huts, and he's probably cooking. I think he's holding up a stirring stick there in the very front. And he has a knife in the other hand. He might have been uh, uh, cut, either cutting up um, like spinach or leafy vegetables right then, or maybe cutting up meat to cook. So most of the CD's there cooking. Uh, and I want to tell you a little bit about the shepherds and their life 
and their lifestyle uh, and tell you why it was important for our team to go to them so that they could hear the call of Jesus to come out of darkness into light. Um, first, I'll show, I'll, I'll show you the good things. Shepherds are, are a lot of fun. They love to goof around and play around. This is my friend Mochifi and Kos. They're playing with my colleague Mark's guitar. Uh, Mark plays guitar and brought one with him. And uh, so they're just fooling around there with the guitar. Uh, they love music. They love singing and dancing. Um, in Africa, if you're singing, you're also dancing. There would be none of this here in America. You sing and you stand stark still. In Africa, you're always dancing if you're singing. Um, but here is our friend Samora. Samora is playing a homemade instrument called a mamacharong. And it's, it's kind of like a violin uh, in that it's a bowed string instrument. So in his, in his right hand, he has a bow made out of a stick and horsehair, and he's bowing the instrument. Uh, it has one string attached to that big tin can, and it kind of sounds like a, uh, like kind of a screechy violin, although that makes it sound bad. It sounds nice, but it's a lot more screechy than our violins. Uh, so that's some more. They love to play music. This is my friend Mathlania. Mathlania also made this three-stringed banjo himself, and he, you can hear him playing this banjo all over the hillsides when he's watching the animals or doing whatever. He's always singing songs, making up songs, singing with his banjo there. Um, the shepherds start out as shepherds very young. Around the villages, they might start out watching animals helping their older siblings or their dad or their grandpa. They might start out at, as young as four or five, going out during the day into the fields helping someone else in their family. But then by the time they're around 10, 11, 12, in the summertime, they'll be sent up all summer long into the really high mountains, far away from the villages, far away from any normal society. And so it's just a bunch of shepherds, and many of them are very young. Uh, here's a, a photo of a shepherd who you can tell is extremely young. Uh, can you imagine sending your 10-year-old boy uh, like up into the the remote areas of Pennsylvania all by himself with just a bunch of other men and boys and there's no like supervision, there's no anything. Um, that's what these, these kids are going through. It's like camping all summer long is kind of what it's like. Um, so it's a very difficult lifestyle and it's, it's, uh, it, it doesn't seem to be healthy. Um, and, and they're having to, to it, live out their existence themselves. Um, they, ha they don't get to go to school because they're missing school to go up into the mountains. Uh, some shepherds don't just stay up in the mountains in the summer, but stay all year long. So then they're really missing out on family life, on education opportunities, and all those sorts of things. Um, because of that, because they're stuck in this cycle of, of not being able to get an education, the shepherds often will end up being very old, and so that is a, a difficult thing I imagine for someone around this age, 50s or 60s, to be camping all summer long or all year long. Um, it, it is a, it's a very, you're, you're exposed to the elements, you are sleeping in a little hut, and it's not, it's not, even in the village, which the villages aren't anything like we have here in America, but life in the village is still easier than life up in the, in the cattle posts in the high mountains. Um, shepherding is hard work, but there are also many times when it can be somewhat boring. You're up there with a very limited social interaction, very limited social interactions are available to you, and so sometimes uh, it can be boring and they you know, just sit around and um, there's not 
always that much to be doing when you're watching the animals, unless they're misbehaving, you're just sitting there watching them. And many of them also, I think, because of the boredom, turn to drugs. Um, uh, they, can, they have access to marijuana, and so many of them smoke marijuana. Not all of them, um, but that's another, another issue. Because they're shepherds, they don't get to clean up that much, so they often smell bad. And even when they are in the villages, they're kind of treated as the lowest rung of society. They're kind of, uh, they're not quite outcasts usually, but they're kind of um, like the lowest caste. And you don't, if you're a, a respectable citizen of the village, you're not going to really talk to the shepherds in an in-depth way. You're not going to have much dealings with them. The only dealing you might have with them is if you need to talk to them about the way they're taking care of your animals. Um, the shepherds don't own the animals that they take care of, but rather they uh, are usually hired out um, by wealthy cattle owners or sheep owners, and, or they help take care of their grandparents' flocks. So those are, those are some ways to describe a shepherd's life. Um, so these shepherds, all, well, the whole culture, really, not just the shepherds, are uh, into this traditional religion, it's animism, where they worship their ancestors. Um, the, the, like, if, you're, if someone in your family dies, you need to keep them happy, even after they're dead, by offering them sacrifices, um, like food, leaving them food, leaving them blankets, leaving them uh, um, homemade beer, all sorts of different things you need to, to appease them because they can make your life really good or they can really ruin your life in this view of their, their traditional religion. And so there's all sorts of uh, witch doctors and spiritual practices that the shepherds and other people in the culture do to, to appease the ancestors. And so it is a, a very spiritually dark place um, as these people are, are bound to their ancestors. They're bound to, to a false religion. The interesting thing is that um, missionaries have come in the past to the cities and to the big towns in Lesotho and have, um, and you can find gospel preaching churches in the cities and towns. Uh, and even in the rural areas, everyone will say they're Christians. But the most popular denomination of church in the rural areas is a church that just it, it takes the traditional religion, and the witch doctors are often the church leaders, and it just kind of tacks on the name of Jesus. So we pray, we, we offer sacrifices to our ancestors, and we pray to Jesus just to cover our bases to make sure. That's kind of how it is. And they don't teach the gospel, and um, there are very few gospel believe there are very few believers in the gospel in the rural areas of Lesotho. So as Peter is saying here in this passage, um, the shepherds, the people of Lesotho, and really all people before Jesus are in darkness. We, we, are, we are lost. We are bound to religious systems. We are bound to um, the ways of the world um, until Jesus calls us, until we hear that call and we put our trust and faith in him. We are bound in that darkness, and then he rescues us and brings us into the light. And that's why our team wanted to go to the shepherds. Because if someone doesn't go and echo that call, if they don't repeat that call that Jesus gives us to these shepherds, who is going to tell them? And that's uh, why we went to the shepherds. Um, one way that we 
shared the gospel with them is through these Susutu audio Bibles, and it's a little MP3 player uh, with a memory chip in it, and the memory chip just has files, MP3 files of Bible stories being told in the shepherd's language, which is Susutu, and, uh, and so they love to listen to these Bible stories. On the back, you can see it has a little uh, solar panel, so that when it runs out of battery, you don't need electricity to recharge it. You just set it out under the sun, and it recharges really quickly, and they can continue listening to the stories. Uh, and I'll read to you, um, I'll, I'll show you on the screen what the language looks like, and read to you, and this is the beginning of one of the stories uh, about creation. That says, Simulohong, Honehose Yateng, Yateng, Enele Modimu, Hoba, Modimu Hana Alo, Ebile, Hana Etello. Haesale, Muso wa Modimu Oleteng, Eleng Muso Walesedi. Simulohong, Modimu Ileashlola, Mahodimu Lelefazi, Letsochle Sehutsona. And what I said was, in the beginning, there was no one that was there. The one who was there was God, because God has no beginning and he even has no end. The kingdom of God has always been, that is, the kingdom of light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. And the story continues, obviously, and tells the shepherds about uh, the creation of the world, about Adam and Eve, and how they rebelled against God and ate the fruit, how th uh, this story is kind of a condensation. It's like a gospel presentation that in five minutes quickly takes the shepherd from creation to the, to the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so it talks about how Satan rebelled against God and set up his kingdom of darkness as well. So we help the shepherds see that unless they trust in Jesus, they are in this kingdom of darkness, just like this passage in 1 Peter talks about and how Jesus is calling them out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Um, so Tabile, this is my friend Tabile. He's, he was 14 when we met him. I think he's 16 or 17 now. Uh, Tabile was the first shepherd that I was able to share that story with about just taking him from creation to the death and resurrection of Jesus challenging him to put his faith in Jesus. And uh, we got to the point, there's a point in the story where it talks about how um, everyone born after Adam and Eve are born into the kingdom of darkness. And it says what, the, what it looks like to be in the kingdom of darkness. Uh, um, theft and murder and adultery and, you know, all the, all the acts that, that we do based on our fleshly sin, based on the, on the kingdom of darkness. And we got to the, to the end, and he was sad, and he normally is a very mischievous, happy-go-lucky kind of kid, and he said, and I said, why are you sad? And he said, because me and my family, we, we do these things. We're in the kingdom of darkness, and uh, the story continues and goes on to, to offer the hope, that call out of darkness into light. So Tabile uh, trusted Jesus. He professed faith in Jesus that day, uh, and he was the first one to do so. By the time we were finishing our two years there in Lesotho, we had four shepherds who professed faith in Jesus. And so uh, we're praising God that, that they heard that call out of darkness and that they responded. There are other shepherds, many other shepherds, who were very interested, who were listening to the Bible stories, who were 
asking really good questions, who wanted to pray with us, and who seemed very close to perhaps also uh, putting their faith in Jesus as well. Uh, that when I was talking to Tabi, I forgot to go to the slide. When I was talking to Tabile about that story, we were sitting up on that, where that arrow is pointing on that hill. I thought that would give you a little context. So that's the first call. The first call we find in 1 Peter 2 is the call out of darkness into light. And if you're a believer here today, you've heard that call and you've responded. Um, and I encourage everyone here, if you haven't heard that call before, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, to put your trust in him. Uh, listen for that loving call and exit the darkness, enter the light, and trust in Jesus as your Savior. If you are a believer here today, check this list again. We don't have time to go through in detail all that Peter says here. But uh, look at this list and see if you're living a life that reflects the light, that you are living in the light. Um, the second call, or sorry, the, I'll rephrase that first call, salvation and sanctification, the two sides of that same coin. The second call in the, in the chapter is near the end of verse 20. Um, it's a, the shepherd calls us to suffering. I'll read all of verse 20. How is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called. What, is, what, are, what are we called to there? This one's hard. We're called to suffering. And it clearly says at the end of verse 20, if you suffer for doing good, this is commendably commendable before God, to this you were called. Uh, as believers, we are not called to an easy life. We are called to suffering. And what's comforting about this is that it talks about how Jesus suffered first for us, and that he has gone ahead of us, and if we are following in his footsteps, um, the suffering that he received will also be ours. So it's not like we're going through it alone. That Psalm 23, which I mentioned before, is such a comfort. I think partially because of that verse, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. The shepherd is with us. The shepherd suffered first. He's going before us. We're following in his footsteps, as, as verse uh, 21 says. We're following in his footsteps, and we are suffering too, but we have the comfort of the shepherd's presence with us. Um, I think we, especially here in America, um, get into the trap of thinking that all, life should always just be a, a walk in the park. And really, God is calling us to suffering. And it's going to look different for different people. Um, suffering is going to, for some, seem in, unbearable. And maybe that same person who thinks their suffering is unbearable will look at others and think, oh, well, that person's not suffering. But if you talk to that person, they might have issues of their own that they're suffering with. So I'm not saying everyone's going to suffer the same amount. But it is clear that Jesus does call us not to the easy life. He calls us to sacrifice as he did. He calls us to suffer as he did. Uh, do you remember when he was talking to his disciples in, um, I believe, Luke chapter 14? Let me make sure that's right. He says, Jesus says in Luke chapter 14, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. 
And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me, there we are following Jesus again. Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. That's uh, pretty cut and dry. Following Jesus will require some suffering. Um, this, there's, I think suffering also depends on where you live in the world. And I, when we think of Africa, we do know that um, the, the population of Africa does seem to suffer a lot. We hear it in the news all the time. Uh, wars, uh, famines, um, natural disasters, and just poverty causes the people in Africa to suffer a lot. Uh, when, we, when our team went there, one of, our goal, one of our goals was to live as closely as possible alongside of the people who we were trying to reach out to. And so that meant adopting the lifestyle of the shepherds. And um, I'm putting this part in not to, to, to glorify like what me and my teammates did, but to show you that it's not, that the suffering life is, is not something to be shrunk from. It's something to be embraced. There's joy in following Christ, even if that means suffering. Uh, so, and also, I'm putting this in here to show when you're a, when you enter a new culture, have you heard of culture shock? Uh, I, me and my teammates experienced culture shock pretty bad, and so I'm just trying to be real with you about this. Um, so this is our first day going into Lesotho, and our, our other team member, I didn't introduce this team member, that's Nielsey, Nielsey, our Land Rover. He was our, our other team member. So <laughs> this is our first day going into Lesotho, and we were all excited about what, what was going to happen and what we were going to experience, and. We arrived, and this was our accommodation the very first few weeks while we were there. And uh, that's the cattle post. That's where the shepherds lived uh, during the summer. And as I said, some of them live there all year long. Um, and there are cattle po posts all over the mountains of Lesotho, but this is just one of them. And you can kind of see the corral with, uh, I think there are goats back there in the corral, uh, right next to the cattle post in the back there. And so... We, we went there, we, uh, we had to stay there a few weeks while we were building our own hut. There was a shepherd who welcomed us and who was living there and who was teaching us how to build our own hut. Uh, this is Melifitsani, that's the shepherd I was just talking about. Melifitsani taught us how to build our hut and that is our new hut. We're sitting inside our new hut that we built. Um, and so we were trying to live life alongside the shepherds. We had to learn their language and we had to learn how to cook the way they cooked. We had to um, learn how to collect firewood. Uh, so this is Tobias and Mosi Sidi collecting firewood on the back of a donkey. And that's an activity about every day or every other day you have to go get firewood to cook on to keep yourself warm. Uh, there's Mark getting some tea ready. Tea was, a, tea was something I was not willing to sacrifice. <laughs> uh, tea, and we brought up sugar as well, was one thing that helped me get through that culture shock. Uh, it was always nice to look forward to tea in the evening to come home, have something sweet and nice. So that was, that was one, one thing. Uh, and we just wanted to get to know the shepherds to, to learn from them and to share life with them so that we would have a, a trust built up between us so that when we got to the point when we were going to share the gospel with them, they would be more willing and ready to listen. Uh, so these are just photos of um, basically sharing life with the shepherds. So that, I, I want you all to, 
So remember, one of the purposes was to see how, what God might be calling you to, to be involved in missions. And don't think that I, don't say, oh, I could never go to Africa. Don't say, I am not called to a different country. God calls us to a life of suffering, and he sacrificed his entire life for us. Um, we should be willing to sacrifice leaving our country, uh, sacrifice the comforts of home. Uh, I, as missionaries, we have to learn to say goodbye to family and friends all the time. And that's really difficult. But it's, it's something that we sacrifice and we, we suffer through for the sake of the gospel of Jesus, which is uh, much more, um, of much more value. So really consider what, what is God calling me to suffer through for his sake. And it might not be to go to a different country. Maybe there's a situation in your life that you're suffering through that God is calling you to, to be faithful to him through. Um, just uh, follow in his footsteps through that suffering and trust in him, and he will be there to comfort you through that. And maybe it is to go to a different country. So really uh, consider that and uh, consider what God might be calling you to suffer for, um, for him. So, oh, the first call salvation and sanctification, the second call, uh, suffering in his footsteps, which I'm going to call suffering and sacrifice. We have four S's, salvation and sanctification, suffering and sacrifice, and the final call, the shepherd calls us to himself, and that's in verse 25. Uh, 1 Peter 2:25. for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Really, all the other calls that Jesus gives us, and there are others throughout the scriptures, Jesus calls us all the time to follow him. And really, if you're following him, you're eventually going to be with him. So all the calls that Jesus sends us is really to be with him. We have returned to the shepherd of our souls. And the call to, to light, the call to suffering and sacrifice are really calls to uh, have a closer relationship with Jesus to be intimately connected with your, with your shepherd. Um, this is my friend Messina, and Messina is an excellent shepherd, and he, you can always tell that he has an extra special care for his sheep. Some of the shepherds, you're like, mm, I wouldn't trust them with my animals. But Messina, he's a good shepherd. Uh, this is Messina carrying one of the lambs home uh, in the evening, and I'm not 100% sure why he was carrying it. They often just let the, the animals walk home, um, but this lamb apparently needed help getting back, back to the corral for the evening, and so Messina was carrying it. Um, and this is a, a beautiful picture of what our following Jesus should look like. He, our shepherd, is there to be with us, to take care of us. He wants us to have a personal relationship with him. And that will look like, uh, that could look like spending time in prayer with him, listening for his voice, listening for more of his calls from his word, from his word the Bible. Um, listening for his voice as the Holy Spirit speaks to you and maybe prompts you to, to, to say something to a coworker or to, to do an act of service to a friend. Um, Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with us. And I know you've heard that probably all your lives if you've grown up in the church, but I need to be reminded of it. I need to be reminded to, to really pursue that relationship above all else. So those are our calls from this passage. Salvation and sanctification, suffering and sacrifice, and the shepherd calls us to himself. And all of his calling is really a call 
to a more deep, intimate relationship with himself. I uh, should be wrapping up here. Um, I just want to say I am planning to go back to Lesotho uh, with uh, one of my teammates in April, next month, April 20th. And um, so that will be for three years. It will be a three-year term. I'm, I'm going off slides here because I need to wrap up quickly. Um, so that'll be a three-year term that I'm going back with uh, to Lesotho. And what we want to do is we want to disciple the, sh the four shepherds who did profess faith in Jesus. We want to, re to catch back up with them to, to continue discipling them. There's also, as I mentioned, the other shepherds that uh, seemed interested. And so we want to uh, evangelize them uh, and evangelize more shepherds. The real goal is to see, to see Christian shepherds of Lesotho in ongoing fellowship and evangelism. So our first two-year term, we did see some Christian shepherds in Lesotho, those four I mentioned. So we're going back to see those shepherds and other shepherds join together in ongoing fellowship, in, in church groups, whatever that would look like for semi-nomadic shepherds. And we want to see those shepherds themselves going out to evangelize other shepherds and other people in Lesotho. Um, rather than us doing all the evangelism, we would like the shepherds to, to take up that opportunity themselves. Um, so if you could please pray for, for me and my teammate Tobias uh, as we return. Um, also pray for those four shepherds who did trust Jesus. Um, pray that God would keep them close to himself and that they would uh, follow after him and be lifelong servants of his. Pray for the other shepherds who do not know Jesus that um, they, would, they would come to a knowledge of him. I would uh, love to encourage you um, to, to pray, uh, to, um, to go as well. God might be calling someone here onto the mission field, and don't tell yourself, oh, it's not me. God's not calling me, because um, he, he's, he's calling all of us to something, and so just listen to see what that call might be for you. And don't write off the mission field. Um, yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for your support, your prayers. And um, I really count it a privilege to have had this, this opportunity to speak to you all this morning. Uh, thank you so much for being a missions-minded church and for being willing to set aside a Sunday to talk about missions. And yes, I guess we should close in prayer. Should I pray, or pa how about you come and pray, Pastor? <laughs> but thank you all so very much. It's certainly not that I didn't want you to pray. <laughs> you could have very well done that very, uh, so, so well, I'm sure. But we certainly thank you for joining us this morning, and and for your report and for opening the word of God. It's just a, a great work that he's uh, doing, which you've heard about, and so now uh, we need to pray. Uh, let's close, we'll take our hymns, we'll sing just the first stanza of hymn 484, 484, and um, we'll sing this, we'll pray, and, and we'll be dismissed. And Calvin, if you wanna follow me to uh, the door at the back, I'm sure there's some folks that would love to just shake your hands because they've never shaken the hands of a shepherd in their lives. And so this is going to be a first. I think this is the first we heard a shepherd play the piano. Um, <laughs> and to shake a shepherd's hand is going to be a great, great thing. So let's stand together. Let's sing the first stanza. It only takes a spark 
to get a fire going. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around can warm up to its glowing. That's how it is with God's love. Father, we thank you again for the gospel and for the change that it makes in the lives of people. Uh, we are thankful for these four, Lord, who have trusted you and pray that as they are being discipled, that, Lord, they might grow and um, become more like Jesus Christ himself. Father, will you help Caleb in this next, these next few weeks as uh, he prepares to go to, to be there for another three years? We we do ask, Lord, that you would um, work all things out according to your will. I pray that everything would be in place and that, Father, he and his friend would go without glitches, without complications, and that you, Lord, would use him in a mighty, mighty way. Uh, we are thankful for the call that he has heard and for his choice to go and pray that we, too, when we hear that voice of Jesus, Lord, that we might be willing to do what you have asked us to do. You are a great and wonderful God, and we thank you for our time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.